Hello and welcome to a special edition of the Tebby podcast from the Evidence-Based Investor. I'm Robin Powell and this podcast is produced by Regis Media, a niche provider of educational and marketing content for financial advice and planning firms. Now, this episode is going to be short and sweet and will focus entirely on what frankly is turning out to be the fund industry story of the year so far. And that, of course is the dreadful recent performance of the ARC Innovation ETF managed by Kathy Wood. Investment author and Tebby columnist Larry Swedro joins me now. Uh, Larry, please just start by giving us a very brief reminder, if you would, uh, on who Kathy Wood is and what this fund invests in. Yeah, so Kathy Wood's uh, is... Uh, now a legendary uh, in, uh, investor. She runs mm. the Aug Innovation Fund among uh, several funds. That's her lead uh, fund. And she came to real attention uh, in 2020 when her fund had spectacular returns, was the number one performing fund. It was up like 150%. And that was the second time in the last uh uh, six years since her inception when she had finished in the first percentile. Uh, the previous time was her third year. Uh, and so money poured in as it always does as mm. investors think they have found the next guru. And she went from just $200 million of assets after the first couple of years of very poor performance. The fund ratcheted up to $28 billion of assets uh, at the peak uh, in the first quarter of 2021. So and of course, that was how she came to everybody's attention. Of, of course, as so often happens, Larry, funds flow in when performance is good. And then, you know, <laughs> almost like clockwork, um, performance reverts to the mean. And, and she has struggled, well, ever since February last year, hasn't she? She has struggled mightily. The fund uh, lost last year something like, if my memory serves, 27%. Uh, but uh, it was up significantly in the first six weeks. So it ended uh, the year down from its peak more like 35% and is down over you know, an, another huge amount uh, year to date. And today is getting hammered again. Last time I looked this morning, the fund was down another 6% or so. Wow. Uh, and today, by the way, uh, whenever you're listening, uh, is uh, the 24th um, of January, Monday, the 24th of January. Um, so, uh, uh, Larry, you, of course, would be the first to say that investors should focus on the long term. Um, but ARK's very recent performance has been, well, really quite alarming for, for investors in this fund. What happened briefly on, on Friday and what's been happening again today? Well, I, I think it's best to describe the, a, a general situation rather than just look at Kathy Wood's situation. Mm. What we, uh, we want to look at is the history of markets, because then we can learn uh, that there's nothing really unusual going on here. That's what's important. We've been there 
and done that. And the history of investing is that uh, investors, the evidence shows, should not hold stocks that have very high prices to book value, to dividends, earnings, especially when those high prices are correlated with high trading volume, meaning there's a lot of investor sentiment, what are called noise traders who mm. aren't really trading on fundamentals are there. There also tends to be a low share supply and lots of buzz in the media. When you get that, you should really be thinking to run away, not chase those returns. And that's what happened in March of 2000 when you know the whole dot-com bubble blew up. And now I think we're seeing the same thing. Now it's not just Kathy Woods, something like almost half the stocks in the NASDAQ are down 50% or more from mm. their highs, even though the markets haven't really crashed. Uh, the S&P is down 10% or so for the year. So it's kind of like a repeat. Uh, so we've been there before, which is why one of my favorite expressions is, the only thing you don't know about investing is the investment history you don't know. Uh, so Robin, here's the message. Here's what happens and why these things blow up. People are investing in these things that are not for fundamental reasons. It's noise, chasing the latest returns. And if you don't have a fundamental belief system, when things start to go bad, the risks show up, uh, you don't have the discipline to stay the course. So here's what happens. Stocks start to go down as the bubble starts to burst, the air gets let out. Maybe it's some economic event like the Fed starting to tighten, or it could be just the end of a bubble with no news happening. And then the stocks start to drop. And maybe when you get to about a 10% drop, some people start to panic and sell. They can't take the pressure anymore. They can't sleep at night. And that pushes prices down even further until the next person reaches what I call their GMO point, where their stomach is screaming, get me out. And <laughs> yes. then they sell. And then you get people who are on margin who are forced to sell, even if they want to stay. They sell and that pushes the next GMO point. And this thing just spirals in a vicious circle until prices finally collapse so much that they're now stocks are trading at their fundamental values. That's the history. That's what always happens. Got you. As you say, Larry, it's more than just Kathy Wood's fund. I mean, uh, technology uh, stocks across the board um, have been affected uh, recently. Um, you, you were saying uh, Nasdaq stocks down, some of them around sort of 50%. Um, about half of the stocks on the Nasdaq are down about 40, wow. 50% or more. Wow. Nevertheless, there does seem to be, um, a, you know, a, a particular targeting, if you like, uh, by by short sellers of of the Ark Innovation Fund. Is is that what's going on here? Well, I think it's much more likely that this is uh, margin selling and the panic recency, and you get momentum traders piling in now, and so you will get some shorting and. When you short, you borrow the stock and then sell it because you hope to buy it back later. So you're adding more selling pressure. And these, the stocks she has tended to own have tended to be less liquid stocks, which are targets then 
they get driven up by the Reddit crowd. And then, you know, when their fundamentals don't show up, you get any bad news, that crowd then panics and sells because there's no fundamental reasons for the stocks to have been there in the first place. Uh, the one other thing I would add is I think the lessons learned from the GameStop episode are playing out in that the lesson is this. You now have the ability for retail investors to gang up legally mm. and attack short sellers uh, in illiquid stocks. So short sellers are really important uh, to the market. They help keep market prices rational because otherwise you only get people who are optimists uh, you know, uh, controlling prices and driving them up. But if you know you could be the target of this crowd, uh, mm -hmm. then you're not likely to engage in short selling or less likely because of the risk that you're right in the long term but dead, uh, like is what happened with GameStop. Mm -hmm. uh, then you'll see less short selling and that allows for more irrational pricing, more bubbles to happen. So I think we're likely to see more episodes of these irrational pricing periods mm. Mm. Uh, than we have seen in the past because of that situation. Mm. This does seem to be another disadvantage, Larry, of, of using active funds, you know, to stand a chance of outperforming after costs. You, know, you have to use a high conviction manager like Kathy Wood. But of course, high conviction managers and especially high profile ones like her are prime targets for short sellers, aren't they? If they're in illiquid stocks, certainly, uh, but it occurs because you get the sentiment driving those prices to values that never make sense. What investors should really learn is Kathy Woods is not unusual. We don't know whether she was a genius who was unlucky or she just got lucky was one and happened to hit it right. Mm. But what we do know is that there have been many Kathy Woods in every decade. Uh, in the 70s, mm. Peter Lynch, who was the most famous investor, had spectacular returns, but he wasn't the best performing fund, Magellan. Uh, it was something called 44 Wall Street. It had the Kathy Woods of her day running the fund. Uh, and the next decade, uh, that fund, which outperformed Magellan, turned uh, $1 into 27 cents during the decade. That was probably the strongest period for stocks ever. That mm. was that, Kathy Woods. Bill Miller, another legendary investor who beat the S&P, set a record for more years in a row than ever was done. And then from, I think, something like 206 or whatever on, his performance was terrible. Uh, you know, the problem is investors don't understand that with over 10,000 people managing funds, randomly, you're going to get somebody mm. who is high conviction, getting it right, either out of wisdom or luck. Uh, but then, you know, we don't know if it was uh, skill or luck. And the evidence mm. says it's much more likely to have been luck than skill because we almost never see repeat performances. Mm -hmm. Larry, I, I know you're not uh, a, a fan, to say the least, of of, of CNBC. In fact, you you um, urge in investors to kind of turn off um, financial television uh, if, if at all possible. Um, and and same applies to me. I, I, I guess though, if we were to be watching it right now, uh, you know that they would be 
asking whether global markets generally are in a crash situation uh, at the moment. Yeah. And, and, and last week, for example, um, the legendary investor Jeremy Grantham warned that stocks are in a super bubble. Uh, he was saying that once interest rates return to normal and, you know, what, what he calls realism returns to an overzealous market, the bubble will pop. Uh, I mean, maybe it already has popped. What are your thoughts on that, Larry? Yeah, well, first, uh, I'm nothing against CNBC. You just have to understand <laughs> they're in the business of selling noise, not knowledge. They need you to mm. tune in. Uh, so they sell what people want to hear in terms of the noise. Mm. You know, they also have people like Bert Malkiel and had John Bogle. And that's uh, true. I've appeared on CNBC before. So you have to mm. understand what you're listening to. Uh, and you want to tune out the noise and get the historical information about what is likely to prove to be the winning strategy. With, with that said, uh, let's at attack uh, the Jeremy Grantham story. You know, mm. if you cry bear markets long enough, eventually you'll be right like a broken clock, which is right twice a day. Uh, mm. Jeremy Grantham in 2013, and I wrote up a piece about this, said the market was 60 to 70 percent overvalued and we would have a crash and the market had one of its best years ever went on to have a spectacular decade only interrupted uh, by the covid crisis and throughout the entire eight years grantham was screaming that the markets were overvalued uh, here i uh what i would say to investors is u.s stocks at least when it comes to the large cap uh, and other growth stocks like the kind Kathy Woods was buying, they mm. are highly valued and were certainly subject to the potential risk of a crash. But the rest of the market, the value stocks, for example, are about trading at their historical averages, uh, maybe even cheaper, uh, and they're not in a bubble in any way. Uh, in the same way the market crashed in 2000 in March, it was not the overall market that crashed, but the high flying growth stocks, value stocks tended to do okay, uh, maybe drag down a bit. And we have the same situation in the rest of the world. Uh, we have valuations in the developed world that XUS and emerging markets are about their historical valuations despite the fact that interest rates are still zero and that would support even higher valuations. So um, I don't think we're in a bubble. Could a crash happen? Sure. You know, there are lots mm -hmm. of uh, potential risks out there. You have Russia, Iran, China with Taiwan, Fed tightening, maybe having to tighten more, but it won't be because I think the market is overvalued except in the area where we've already seen this crash. So, Larry, I so, promised at the beginning that this would be uh, brief. I have one more question for you. Uh, when I spoke to you about this a couple of weeks ago, you said that um, you know, the, the best thing, frankly, that, that investors in the ARK fund could do would, would be to sell it. And of course, if people actually taken your advice, they would actually be better off than they are today. Um, what would be your advice to ARK fund investors now? Well, uh, my advice would be to ask yourself this question. Um, knowing what you now know, 
And if let's say you had a hundred thousand dollars invested in ARC uh, funds, uh, and instead you had a hundred thousand dollars in cash, would you buy that particular fund, or would you invest it in some other way? If the answer is you wouldn't buy it, then the answer is obvious. What you should do is sell it because every day you're holding it, you're making the decision to buy it. And that should be the way you think about everything you own every day. If you wouldn't buy it today, then you should sell it. Uh, Although, of course, taxes have to be a consideration. But I would add this. Even though Kathy Wood's fund since inception has still had good returns, the average investor has significant losses because Quite. they bought at the high prices on average, well above where the price is today. Exactly. And we see this over and over again. Larry Swedro, thank you so much for your time. You've been listening to me, Robin Powell, interviewing Larry Swedro on the Tebby podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe. In fact, why not click like or even better, write a review. Thank you to Regis Media for producing and funding this podcast. Thank you to Larry and to you for listening. Until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.